Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast. My name is Andrew Roberts, and I am here with my co-host, Matt Teifke. And in today's episode, I actually had no part of it. Matt was lucky enough to be interviewed by a couple of really good guys in the entrepreneurial world and in the property management world. Matt, tell us about the interview and let us know you know, how it went. What's going on, everybody? We had the pleasure to join up with Steve Rosenberg and Alex Osinenko. And Steve has a property management company in Houston, and um, they are growing extremely fast and have some huge plans to get 20,000 doors in the state of Texas. So I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And Alex owns a company called Four and a Half, and he helps property management companies market and grow their businesses. Um, so it was a it was a fun interview for me. I just jumped on there, and they kind of just started asking me the hard questions. And like, I just kind of opened the books and tell them, you know, what challenges I was going through and how I look at real estate. And, um, they, they challenged me and made me think a lot about, you know, running a business and the right way to do it. So I really enjoyed it. And I think I took a lot away from it. For me, it was like, Hey, you got to be a better leader. Uh, and so, you know, I think there's always people out there with experience that you can learn from. So I always try to get as much advice as I can and was lucky to have two guys that have been in the business for a long time. Well, that's awesome. And I really enjoyed listening to the interview. It's not because I'm partial to working for you or being your friend, but this was a great interview and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I know that all you listeners are going to enjoy it as well. So these are three really, really good guys, really successful guys. And this is the great conversation that they had. So I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, this is Steve Rosenberg and you are watching the Lion's Den of Leadership. Uh, This is hosted by myself, uh, Steve Rosenberg, co-founder of Empire Industries, uh, property management here in Texas, and my good friend, Alex Osinenko. How's that one? Did I get it? It's getting so good that like I can't, that's a very proper way to say my name. I appreciate that. I'm going to be like a family member soon the way I say it. Everyone's going to love how I say it. So um, anyways, uh, you know, the, the, the reason Alex and I created this show is very simply, you know, we're entrepreneurs. Everybody watching this show is an entrepreneur, whether in the property management world or they're in another industry. Um, we've learned that a lot of entrepreneurs have the same challenges. You have growth challenges, you have structural challenges, you have marketing, you have staffing. I mean, there, there's multiple challenges that at any level of business, we all encounter at some time. It's kind of therapeutic for Alex and I to talk, but I think it's also therapeutic when we bring a guest on and we talk to them about some challenges because honestly, it helps us too. It's, I mean, I've implemented some things um, from our business. Uh, we had Mike Catalano on last week. That was a huge help for me. But again, we're just here to help people go through their challenges, their day-to-day issues. You know, maybe you'll figure out something that helps you, or you know, maybe you'll be able to pass this on and share it to other people, and and it'll resonate with with other people. Um, so today we have a, a very good friend of mine. Um, his name is Matt Telfke. Did I say it right? Telfke. Hyfke, got it. God, man, I got one name and the other name. Can't we just have Jones? That'd be easier. Alex <laughs> Jones and Matt Smith. Uh, but anyway, so, so um, Matt is the founder of Tree Homes. They're out in Austin, Texas. Very good operation. Um, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're growing. They're a budding company. They're, they're out there grinding it, trying to figure their way. 
Um, so Matt, thanks for coming on the show today. Appreciate you, you know, being a part of this and, and kind of letting us kind of tear into your company more or less and, and see what your challenges are. So thanks for being on the show, Matt. Yes. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Tell, just tell everyone kind of about your company, how big you are, kind of how long you've been doing this, your background and that kind of stuff. I'll just quickly go through my background. I'm a real estate guy. I love the business and I was very fortunate to be around it at an early age. My mom started buying rental properties, single mom, raised two boys and was able to acquire properties over time. And by the time I was 18 years old, she had a pretty good portfolio. And so I saw that while working full-time jobs, uh, you know, looking at a clock and hated it and was really getting into real estate for the freedom that it provided. Wanted to just get my license and not go to college. And uh, my mom said, if, if you do that, I'm cutting you off. So <laughs> I was lucky and blessed that she was able to pay for school. I went to AM Corpus Christi, and ended up getting my real estate license when I was a sophomore in college and started doing brokerage work, uh, helping people buy and sell and helping people lease. And I absolutely loved it. I was on fire, graduated, moved back home, worked for a commercial brokerage for six months. And then I went to College Station to get my master's uh, in real estate from Texas A&M in College Station. Did that, moved back home, started a property management company. Uh, my, my wife was running that for about two and a half years while I was a commercial uh, retail broker. And I just left my job as a retail broker uh, about two weeks ago and, and joined my wife at Tree Homes full time. So there's some challenges within, within that aspect and personal things going on with me uh, seeing an opportunity with my wife and trying to grow this business, but at the same time, really learning the business and learning what everyone does and what their roles are and trying to be the leader that, that is here now uh, and is getting people to change their ways and setting expectations for employees. Those are big challenges of mine. But right now we manage about... Uh, 190 single family homes. We've got three 20 unit apartment complexes and two HOAs, uh, totaling 150 HOA units. So 190 uh, plus 150? Yes, sir. And uh, Steve told me this a, a few weeks ago multifamily is a different game. And I'm, I'm learning that hardcore. I'm managing <laughs> one 20 unit apartment complex, and it's probably taking about 75% of my time. Uh, and there's no possible way I could have done that if I didn't leave my commercial real estate job. And I walked away from a, a really good job. And I, I had a lot of things built in the pipeline of three years in the works and big commissions coming in, but I walked away. And so now I'm just in a very unique spot of not wanting to deal with these apartment complexes, but really loving to grow. And I pr probably that's one of my biggest challenges that when you're, when you're small and you want to be big, like it's hard to turn down opportunities. I face those challenges. Oh, hundred percent. I get it. Steve, I have a quick question. So Matt, um, how many employees do you have to manage the current portfolio? Right now we have seven employees, seven employees. Yeah. So we're, uh, yeah, full time, uh, basically taking a gamble on a couple of these guys. Uh, they're more like marketing and BDM I set this up in order to grow. Like we're prepared to grow, but we are definitely overstaffed. Okay. So staff for growth. That's what I hear. Yes, sir. All right, sir. And uh, what is, just to get the kind of the profile going, 
I can't find anything on the internet as I as you were speaking of tree home property management in Austin. What is the company name again? And what's the website? So maybe the problem is it's TRE. It's TREHomes.com. It's like Tra? Trey? Like Trey, yeah. yeah. It's it's TRE for Taifke Real Estate. And my wife put a little accent over the E and says it's it's a long E, so it's tree. And I just go with that. Tree property management, uh, Austin. Gotcha. Okay. And so seven employees, staff for growth. What have your growth? I mean, what what were the mo- the more successful growth channels over the last two, three years? Like where are most of your business coming from? I would say 90% is coming from me networking. Uh, I do a ton of networking, uh, bigger pockets, all the Facebook groups. I try to, my, one of my strategies is meet as many people as I possibly can. And by doing that, I've kind of run into a, a, a company that has 40 properties and, you know, just these connections that have led to some big chunks of growth. And now it's more consistent referrals through realtors that I've met. Gotcha. So is uh, Trehomes, uh, T-R-E-Homes.com is your uh, website? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. The, I see a podcast that says, yeah. Wild and Financially Free. What is that all about? Tell us more about that. So Andrew is my marketing guy. Uh, him and I grew up together and we get on there once a week and just talk about real estate, what we're doing, things we like. It's just kind of something that we like. We, we uh, try to add value, but we also have a lot of fun by doing it. We bring people on and interview them and we build relationships by doing it that way. A hundred percent. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. So you're, you're actually running your own podcast and is, are you getting any, any mentions, any feedback? Is anybody telling you it's working? How's we that are. Yeah. I, the, the thing that I've seen from it is it's, it's helping build a brand in Austin um, because I don't know any other management companies that are here that are doing it. I'm sure that there are, but I don't think anyone's doing it at the level that we are. And so we get people saying, man, I see what you're doing. That's really cool. I want to come work with you. And so we've been able to build a brokerage arm, uh, by bringing in agents, you know, doing that. Awesome. And so what part of, how much of your, of your business is, uh, real estate sales versus property management income wise? Like how would you split that up? 50, 50, no, probably 90, 10. We, the brokerage arm is pretty new within the last two months. We brought on people like these guys have, they're all, we don't, we're not really focused right now on bringing on new agents and teaching them how to do a deal. But these guys are like five, six years in the business and, you know, do, do a decent amount of deals every year. So Matt, I have, I have a question. So when you, when you, you were kind of before you were kind of on the other side of the looking glass, so to speak, you were, you were looking at saying, okay, I can get in this company. Maybe, you know, I can fix it because you see things that others can't see, right? How has that been for you as a leader to transition from the outside looking in to now you're in there and maybe like you said, all of a sudden it's not lining up exactly like you thought. What do you think it's a deficiency in, I don't want to say deficiency, but is it, is it a leadership issue? Is it a cultural issue? Is it a just direction? Like, what do you think the challenge is? I think it's all, I think it's all everything you mentioned. Expectations are one. And, and like, what do I expect? That's brand. That's a brand new thing. I think it's a leadership issue uh, because I need to be having those meetings and, and telling people, Hey, this is what you need to do. That's not a strong suit of mine. I'm, I'm more of, go, go, go do my thing. Lead by example, show that this is how I would do it. And I hope you can do the same. And we work work together versus this is what I expect of you. Like a visionary, as opposed to a, 
uh, the, the integrator, if, if you were to go off the traction book, so to speak, which is kind of like me and Pete, right? I'm the, I'm, I'm the guy that can get everybody riled up and cheered up, but I'm not necessarily the guy that can get everything implemented to be able to swallow it. That's, that's kind of Pete's role. So how do you, in your mind, how do you, how do you pick that apart? How do you dissect to get people to follow you as a leader? Because that's, that's tough. It's like leaders aren't, aren't just, leaders don't just arrive, they're, they're created. You know, you, you take good employees and you make them great by great leaders. So how, how do you think you do that? It's very hard to answer because I, to be 100% honest, I don't know. I'm, I'm literally just in the beginning of that. Would love for you guys' advice. Um, what I think is, in my opinion, probably the biggest thing is communication and just having constant communication and knowing what everyone expects and what the goals are and how, do we, how are we getting there? you know, I love you guys, your advice. I mean, I'll give you just a quick example, a couple things, uh, just to get real. I mean, this multifamily deal, it's a, it's a learning curve, right? And there's things that we have no idea how they work. And from the owner's perspective, we're not doing a good job. So he has to oversee it and check us out. And I got a fight with him this morning. I was like, you know, I, I feel like I'm an employee and this is a role that I'm not used to and I don't like it. And I felt disrespect. And, and when I feel disrespect, I don't show respect back. And I'm telling you this cause I want to figure it out. So I had to communicate that with him. And he said, to be honest, I'm scared. And uh, I just feel like things aren't being handled. And so like, you know, and then I got to be the one that starts handling it and making you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Cause it's, 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 it's very raw and very, very sort of specific to me. So this example this is, this is how your company gets to learn while actually earning revenue and doing. So I do not personally look to make significant income or profit against my project-based uh, accounts. And project-based accounts is something that we're learning. We want to, we, we, with the right mindset, we go into that account and we say, okay, we're going to solve, let's call it direct mail and, MC and, and multi-channel marketing for you. Let's lay it out, okay, this is how it's going to look like. And we allow the customer to provide as much feedback, as much direction as possible, especially if they're experienced with that particular, and they've seen what works. They just want somebody to help them put it all together and implement it. There's a lot more freedom for our customer to express their opinions and we'll listen. There's a lot of collaboration and we're not making any money on that, like it, but it's uh, intentional. Like we have to have profit centers that finance the experimentation. So I call this... I call this an experimentation. So that's kind of how I look at it. So it's okay. The only thing is, are you going to multifamily? Do you want to be in the multifamily? Is this the right kind of path for you? And if it's not, you got to start thinking about how to wind that down. I would say, you know, in my experience, Matt, kind of, I'm not sure if Alex answered it the way I was thinking. I think that whenever you have a situation, there was not clear expectations from either side conveyed to the other party. So either he was thinking you were going to do something else or you thought of something else, but the communication between the two parties, so you didn't have an expectation meeting, whether it, was, yeah. it even could have been, Hey, you know what? We don't know what we're doing. We're going to make some mistakes. You have to be okay with us making mistakes because this is new to us. Yeah. And there's a, we're going to totally screw this up and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, when, when Pete and I first started, I used to be the guy that's like, I mean, we were operating out of Pete's, you know, spare bedroom and I was putting on like we were this huge company. At the end of the day, we would tell them, look, we're still new at this. Like we're going to make mistakes and I would rather have them not hire me 
than to break with us and fire us down the road. And, you know, there's one thing to have the perception, but when the rubber meets the road and you're talking to someone and you're telling them, look, you know what? There's a chance that we could screw this up. You have to be okay with that. And that's the reality because if not, what happens is, is he has one expectation, you have another, and there's this, you know, huge gap between the two parties. Yeah. And you're like, well, I thought you what you were doing. And you're like, hey, I thought you knew that I was new at this and I'm not even sure I even want to go down this path. So that, that's what I would say. I think the lesson here is so the next time you do something that's out of your norm or out of the, the realm, the first thing you got to ask yourself is, what are you not doing because you're doing this? So when you say yes to this, you're saying no to something else. So when you're saying no to something else, my question to Alex is, what other opportunities that you know how to do that you're operating on eight cylinders and you are firing off on this, what are you saying no to in that so that you can test and experiment on this? Because you're, you're stretching bandwidth and you're, you're, you're going to, you know, you're going to be alternating focus. You're not going to be doing joint focus. So my thing would be is this is what I'm learning myself personally is by me trying to say yes to everything. I'm really saying no to everything because I'm not focused on it as opposed to just saying like we do, you know, we, we do single family properties. That's all we do. We don't do low end. We don't do rehabs. We manage an asset and we do very good because we focus on that. So intently we say no a lot of times, because we want to say yes to that one thing and expand it. That, that's just what I have learned. Alex, I mean, what do you think? Spot on. Well, this is exactly, exactly the approach to take. So there's three uh, core success principles that I uh, subscribe to that I've sort of built for myself as a guide in running any business, in my opinion. And there's one is a purpose, right? You have to have a purpose. So that's, that is very specific. You need to have a destination and that purpose needs to be communicated to your team and that drives the culture. So Steve is really good with that, right? His company, they know exactly where they're going and the team is sort of understands and everybody's aligned. And so purpose is clear. Once you know your purpose, you got to know your numbers. Next thing is you got to have know your numbers. You don't know your numbers. You have not, no, no business to be in business, right? You, you really need to understand this. And, and look, if you're not making money, it needs to be on purpose. It cannot be by accident. And the last thing is the culture of experimentation. It's constant experimentation. So that's what we flow in to this conversation, Matt. This is the experiment, experiment for your company to, to understand the multifamily, the nature of the multifamily business. And I, I want to get an answer from you. Is this something that you want to do as a company? Is this a growth avenue for you? So it comes back to you saying purpose. I have failed at, at honestly, I failed at uh, the first two. I failed at purpose and knowing the numbers because the way I think, right? I've passed on culture of experimentation, flying colors, A++, because that's, that's, that's my brain. I'm a risk taker. Uh, and I'm just like, grow, 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 grow. I would tell you right now in my mind with what I'm thinking and, and I'm, I'm getting to a plan is no, I don't. I don't want to do multifamily. And they gave me part ownership of this multifamily complex, um, which really kept me on. Right. And they're looking at a 181 unit deal that they have under contract. That's a lot of equity. And so it's like Steve said, it's like understanding how to say no. And I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at that. I need to know how to say no, uh, because I'd like to take every opportunity that I can find. That's probably my biggest flaw is that. And also being patient and kind of waiting things out. So all of us entrepreneurs, we start as hustlers. Like I start as a hustler slinging like this uh, you know, powder juice and at 16 years old <laughs> in a market, you know, in Minsk. And that's what I was nice. doing. I, I, you know, you hustle. And at some point, 
that hustle really kind of brings you to where you are today, right? That hustle is really sort of, that's what made you, but it's not necessarily what's going to, um, what's going to push you forward. Depending on your vision, if you want to continue to be a hustler, that's all good. A lot of people do. Gary V has had to turn from a hustler into uh, an entrepreneur. And now, you know, he's going to probably mature into a manager eventually. He cracks uh, me up with his, uh, co- his uh, coffee mug sales. Have you been seeing any of that? I have not seen me. Uh, no, I've not seen those. He, he goes to garage sales and he buys things and he'll buy a coffee mug for 20 cents and sell it for $18. And he's like, so pumped up about that. Yeah, he's 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 talking big, 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 um, uh, big words about that, and teaching all the kids like, "Hey, you all, you know, entitled people, go, you know, go hustle right. and do that." But I understand. It. So, so you got, it's going to be shoes I'm wearing, real quick. Look what shoes I'm wearing, Gary oh, V. Oh, Gary V, man. <laughs> no, I actually look, man. You got into these marketing. I actually looked at his shoes, oh! but I decided to pick up this for like half the price, bro. <laughs> Are you guys done? <laughs> yeah, the love fest is done, Steve, please. I don't think, I wouldn't say that you failed. I don't think you look at it as a failure. I think you look at it as you've learned a valuable lesson. And yeah. I think one of the valuable lessons that you've learned, and I think what you're going to learn more and more is you, and you tell me if I'm wrong, this is just my guess, is that you went from a broker, commercial broker doing commercial real estate where it was just you. You didn't have a trail of people behind you. Right. Now, so if you wanted to do it, if you wanted to get up at 5 a.m. and go hustle, you would do that and it wouldn't bother anyone else. But now it's not you doing this. You have seven people in trail of you and now yeah. your decision affects them. So your decision yeah. to say yes is maybe pressing them and you're going, okay, I have to think about there's a train behind me. And if I make a sharp left right. turn, am I going to derail what they're doing. And that's a, that's a hard thing as a leader, because you're going from a, from a self thinker to a leader with people behind you, like Alex and myself, when when you have a lot of staff, you can't make that sharp left turn anymore, right? You have to really think about it. You got to start leading that turn going, okay, you know what? In three months, we're going to look at this. So I I don't, I don't know if I would look at it as saying I failed. I would look at it as saying, okay, you know, that was a valuable lesson. Thank God I didn't lose any money or, or anything. And, and the fact that they're giving you equity is great, but maybe you take that equity position and say, you know what, I'll use that money to go get a management company, use those fees to manage it. I still have an equity position in it. I'm still, I'm still part owner in this, but I'll handle, I'll deal with other management company that handles that. And that's their focus. Because yeah. if you ask a multifamily property management company, you do single family, 99% of them will go, no, we don't do single family. It's just not our deal. But, but a lot of people that do single family think that they should do multifamily. So it's, it's interesting. And, and what I found is a lot of the multifamily companies, they're bigger companies, right? They're structured, they're bigger, they, they, and they have to be. So if you look and take their lead, they stay in their lane, right? They don't sit there and go, yeah, we could do, we could do single family. But they don't because they're running a business and they're staying so vertical. And it's, it's, it's one of those things, the more specific that you get, the more successful you'll be. So it's almost like saying yes, being successful is actually saying no more than saying yes. And that's what I'm learning. Cause I'm like you, Matt, I'm, I'm a yes guy. Someone says you want to do that. Yes, yes, yes. But what I'm learning is, is I've got a bigger train behind me. And every time I say yes and jog and jog and jog, next thing you know, you know, as I keep tacking each direction, these people know. Yeah. You're getting cut off, Steve. Oh man. Yeah. It was kind of, in and out a little bit for a while. The Wi-Fi, the, the Wi-Fi gremlins are catching up with us. He was on an epic rant, man. I was, was digging that. It was really that. good. It was really yeah. good. Yeah. Wow. I, I was very surprised I was that it was Steve who was teaching that lesson because he is very much 
very much opportunity focused, right? And yeah. like, I'll introduce him to a person. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll meet them. And, and like, you're going to speak here? Yes, I'll speak here. Are you going to yeah. do this? Yes, I'll do this podcast. So, okay. you know, the, like I said, the thing that I have learned is that you got to be able to tack and you got to be able to be very careful when you start going from one direction to the other, because what happens is, is that direction here, that direction there starts moving people behind you it, who are your employees all of a sudden start having problems. Yeah. And, and that's where you got to be the most careful. Matt, let's uh, maybe let's, let's, let's walk through a little bit um, of your vision. I, I want to, I'm really, really interested in, in what, how you see things. Cause this is, this is so near and dear to me. Right. I, I, you know, I, I, it was, I was in the very same situation. I started the company in the garage, you know, I am the guy who goes all these different directions and chases opportunity. The one thing that I was very clear on is we are not going to work anywhere outside of the property management realm. So we're a marketing company that solves growth for property management companies. And we had lots of opportunities, vendors, people like my company who services the industry. There's a lot of people who we could have worked with and make decent money. We said no to that. So that I was good at, but within the lane, I still had too much oscillation back and forth. And the team finally sort of just, once we're beginning to implement EOS, we're now sort of getting really, really, really focused um, on a specific subset of the market who we can really solve issues for. For example, I can't really solve 100 to 150 unit person's problems in terms of growth. There's just too much missing and not enough, not enough revenue. They need a hustler like yourself. Okay. And a lot of these companies don't have a hustle in them. And so what happens is they're like, I'm paying you $500 a month. I want a hundred units next year. Well, you know, that doesn't exist, right? It just doesn't exist. Um, right. But sometimes even when expectations are set, people just kind of ignore the reality and, and they just like to think, okay, well, um, this is going to make me like I, this $500 a month is going to be, it's going to solve everything for me and it's not going to happen. So anyway, Interesting. I like that. A, I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a very long explanation to like really niching, niching down on a specific, in your case, I would say specific type of property, specific area. And then once you get that down, building what I call CBUs, complementary business units, I wouldn't start building those. I would start with a very healthy, profitable portfolio. And then you have this what is the, um, he calls it, uh, Greg Crabtree calls it, he calls it launch capital. All right. So you have your portfolio, you have profitability, you've shown, you know, in numbers, then you have, you designate a launch capital that you can then use. So you're like two years out, bro, <laughs> from, I think, truly having the launch capital enough to start building a sales division, start building maybe an investor services division. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So uh, I'll just tell you, maybe this will help you fill you in. So I had somewhat of a goal and this is just a personal thing that is like a life goal of mine, which is to put water wells in Africa. I went to Africa and saw people without water and that became a huge passion for me. To be honest, the, the thing was always just make as much money as I can to go do that. I, I, I want to, I have big goals to make money and I don't want to drive a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, uh, but I want to do things with it and I want to do good things. And so that's, what you know it all started with in the beginning and then it was like i started as a broke as an agent became a broker and 
I've realized like, oh, wow, you know, maybe to be the best management company, I can't do all that. But that's my mind's like, I'm flipping three houses right now. I'm a real estate guy. And I never wanted to, my goal when I started wasn't, hey, I want to build the best property management company I can. It was just like, here's a problem. Here's some properties that I can manage. And all the brokers that I ever worked for said, management was like the moat around the castle of a real estate company. And I guess the challenge is shifting from a, from a real estate company to a property management company. And that's like the decision that I have to make. So here's my take on this, Matt. Property management, let's just say, I, I always say we're like the trash men of real estate, right? Yeah. No one really wants us, but they need us, right? We're like the ugly sister of sales, right? We're kind of the people who get picked last at the dance, right? But we're vital, we're necessary, right? And, and what I've learned is that this, you, you're, I think you're looking at this as a technician, you're looking at this as a, as a, you're, you keep saying a lot of the words that you say are, you know, you're flipping properties and you're, you're a property manager and doing this. You haven't once said that you're a business person and you haven't once mentioned that you own a business. And, and so what Alex is asking you, Alex is asking business questions, you know, uh, right. acquisition costs and this and that, but you're talking technical terms of being a property manager and having real estate. And and you got, in my opinion is that real estate is a strategy to get you to where you want to go. So like you want to do the wells, right? You want to do the wells in Africa. This is a strategy to get you there. So when people ask us, when they ask me, what do you own? I don't just say I'm a property manager. I don't even sometimes say that I own a property management business. I own a business. We sell dreams to investors to be able to get to their wealth dreams, their dream is, is they have a strategy. Their strategy is to buy real estate, own real estate, and have that over the term. So it's one of those things I think you want to be careful the words you use because that becomes your life. And, and it, like I said, up until this point, everything you've said, you haven't once mentioned business. Yeah. Now you've talked passion. Like you said, you're, you're a passionate person. You're a visionary. And that's why people you know, like you and that's why they come to you. But you got to remember at some point, you are now a business owner. Right. And, and that's, like that, that's when I asked you about that shift. And that's why you have to start thinking, I don't want to say less emotional, but more, okay, if I was the CEO of a company and look, you know, I know guys that have five, 10 companies and they run them very successfully and they work less than I do, less hours in a day. And I'm like, how do they do that? How are they working less? And it's because they're so focused when they're focused on something, they're focused. And I remember one time, and I think I've said this before with Alex, is I was doing a, I was doing a, talking to a gentleman, very, very, very wealthy. Um, and uh, you know, he, he had met and he said, hey, let's set up a meeting to talk. I'd like to hear what you do. And I said, absolutely. So I'm thinking maybe we'll go to lunch. Maybe we'll hang out with this guy, spend the day. This is multi, multi-millionaire. I go to meet with him. He goes, you have 12 minutes. And I was like, 12 minutes? And he's like, you have 12 minutes. And I'm like, he goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I, I, I want to hear you. But he goes, I have to protect my time the one thing we don't have more of is hours in the day. He goes, if I give you all my time, I'm not giving my time to something else. I'm not giving my time to my business. I'm not giving my time to my family. He goes, so it's not a matter of being nice. It's a matter of, I have to say no to you so that I can say yes to other focuses. And I thought that was very, that was a, so I spent three minutes trying to figure out what I was going to ask him. So now it's down to nine minutes in my day. So, but it, but it was a very valuable lesson to me to realize like, okay, you know what? I have to protect my time. And sometimes saying no more than you say yes is actually the best thing you could do for your family. It's the best thing you could do for your company. It's the best thing you could do for those seven employees that are, that are believing 
that you're Matt, the business owner, not Matt, the real estate guy. And I think that's what you, I, I, I mean, Alex, what, do you agree? Am I, am I off base here? Not off base at all. This is hundred percent. I just want to hear from Matt. What, what is the, let, let, let's, I want to flesh out this vision. So I think you're have doing something good with your money like that can really drives you and, and, and just, it, just, it dispels all the doubts and, and it doesn't, you don't, have, you don't have to second guess yourself. You want to help people with your, you know, acquired wealth and you're going to go acquire that wealth. That's awesome. First of all, have you done anything about it yet? Just started, been thinking about it for a long time. My whole goal was the management income every month to get to a point. This is what I always told myself where I could do the ultimate dream would be $10,000 a month, which would be two water wells every month from the property management company. I had a meeting with a guy uh, last week that is from Africa. He's a pastor here. And he gave me three things to look into. So I told myself, I want to put one in before the end of the year. That was my goal. And Steve, uh, and, and keep asking Alex, but one, one thing I realized through what you were saying was, I've always been a believer that everything happens for a reason, right? And so these things that happen to me, I, I just chase them down. It, that's why I've, I've probably not said no, because I'm like, oh, this is a new opportunity. This, this is some equity. This is a way to grow. Yes. Where does this lead me? Next step. And not like having this one thing, but it all kind of led to being able to do water wells. Because in my mind, it was wealth creation, value, money that I could then turn into that. The one thing, Matt, that I would, I would think that you should change your mindset is things don't happen to you. They happen because of you. So these people are coming to you because of who you are. They're not just happening by chance, right? These people don't just find you out of luck. They're finding you because of who you are. So it's because of you that these things are happening. And it's a, different, it's a difference, in my opinion, of being successful and going after that success or saying, well, these things are falling in my lap. And, you know, if you look, if you, you're not going to get a nuclear physicist to drop some nuclear information in your lap and go, hey, this is just falling in your lap. Do you want to go and, and create a fusion center? You, these things are happening in real estate because of who you are in real estate. So wow. they're happening because of you. They're not happening to you. I like Same thing that. with the wealth. The, the wealth thing is happening because you are focusing. The question I would ask you is when it comes to these wells, are you being responsible enough with the opportunity that you have to fulfill this? And what I mean by that is, you know, people are giving you this opportunity and you're like, yeah, I'd like to do this. But are you, are, you know, like the graveyard is full of people with, with great ideas that were, never, that were never acted upon. So you have a great idea. You have an opportunity because of you was presented to you. And are you letting it fizzle? So are you, you're doing, you're doing a bunch of other things. You're going, I don't have time to deal with the wealth, but I'd like to do it. I don't have a set time. If you don't have a set date, if you don't have an expectation, it's never going to happen because it's right. just a dream. I so, agree. you know, are you being responsible with the gift that you're given of somebody saying, Matt, I want you to do this. You doing this and being successful with Wells, you may have to say, you know what? I want to do this, but I can't do this right now because I have to focus on this to get this going, to get the revenue going, to be able to do this. Now, me, the old me, would have said, yes, 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 I'll do it all. And I wouldn't have gotten any of them done. The Wells never would have happened. The apartment complex would have been a disaster. And I never would have made the revenue from the property management company. That would have been me right? That's, that's what I would have done. And so in, in like you, right, you and I are very similar. So I, I would just say that, you know, they're happening because of you, they're not happening to you. And you have to sit there and you have to decide sometimes, 
saying yes to something means saying no to it right now so that you can focus and say, okay, this is the plan. The plan is here. I've got to say no to all these things to get to it. Right. I like it. Go ahead, Alex. Well, I, you know, I was just going to work backwards from, from the, you say your ultimate goal is to spend 10,000 a month um, and help sort of pipe 10,000 a month into the well building in Africa. I think that will be, a, will make a significant change in, in hundreds and if not thousands and tens of thousands of people's lives. So that's a, that's a very, very good goal. My question is, when do you think your ultimate, I mean, what does that mean? Is it 20 year goal? Is it five? It would, it would be five. Yeah. Five, okay, five, five years, years to consistently do that. All right. All right. Let's, let's work through it. I'm just work through, through this with you for a second. Okay. So yeah. if it's a five year goal, I mean, would you agree with me that you cannot afford to pipe opportunity and growth capital out of the company, unless you get to a certain scale, you can't, you can't do 10,000, but I think you should start early. So what, what is the percentage of profit or of revenue? Do you think you you're willing to give up? Without hurting the company, uh, percentage of revenue. Yeah, not much. I mean, right now we're we're like I said, we're overstaffed. But at, at the end of the day, like if you're talking big picture, like if I was able to just live, like I, it would be, I, I would put as much as I possibly could. Does okay. that answer your question? Uh, so yeah, so that's fine. We, we can we can work with that. So let's say you you're gonna put two percent of your company revenue into this. Uh, okay, or let's say ten. Let's say ten. Ten percent. Yeah. I think 10% of revenue is, is stuff that's very, very aggressive. And here's my question. Is your train behind you aligned with that vision? Right. Is that something you sold to people? And yes. They are. I, it, well, it's kind of like, yes, uh, I can't say like they know that this is happening by this day. But when Steve said who I am has attracted people, um, the people that are on our team, they think the, they believe in me and, and they believe that. I'm a man of my word and I've conveyed that. Like, this is why I'm doing this. All right. So this is very, very significant. You can actually help make this work a lot faster if you, if you kind of focus and, and be specific on a number. So if it's 10% of revenue and it's 10,000 a month, what do you need to make in five years in monthly revenue, Matt? 1.2. Right? Uh, well, in monthly revenue, that'll be 10,000 times. Oh, oh, yeah, I meant 1.2 a year. Oh, yeah. you, you got, I see, I love that, man. You're fast, man. You're quick. You, you snap it. You snap <laughs> these so 1.2 million is your annual revenue. And where are you at right now? Uh, 350. All right. I think you're going to get to 1.2 in two years. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, yeah. I'd... So the ultimate goal is not really the ultimate goal. It's, it's like, well, okay, I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, so, and, and you got a plan. So, so you build the plan. So you see now there's not that much. Now it's not that scary, man. Look at that. 350 to 1.2. It's right. not that scary. Right. Um, but I think that's, that's kind of how you got to think about it. And then once you have that plan, I would just simply, again, very high level it up. 350 this year. I want to do you know, 600 next year or 550. And then just kind of built that up in a two, three year, four year uh, plan. And then start backfilling of what you're going to do to get there. Right. And property right. management may not be it. Although I'll be honest with you, the opportunity is huge, <laughs> but the property management may not be it for you. I don't know. And, and, right. And that's the challenge. I was going to ask you, like, you know, you get to that goal and then what's next and, and you have goals and you might question them. And, you know, I don't know the exact answer. I'm just doing the best I can at the end of the day. And like, 
does it, we've talked about this before with my wife, like, does it make sense to just, um, you know, get, you know, fire half of our employees and we, we make, we become very profitable and we do that right now. Or do we try to go bigger so we can do more? Like it's hard, you know? So I think there's a balance. I think one thing I can tell you for sure is you can't lose money. I was always, I was always a big proponent of recycling profit right back in the business. Like I, I, I do not need to make, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I do not need it. I don't need that life. Yeah. I want to go to a nice vacation. You know, I want to make, you know, I want to make good livable wage. And beyond that, I don't really give a, you know, I don't need that. Right. So I yeah. recycle everything back in the business, everything back in the business. And so if that's mindset, but if you do too much of that, Matt, you risk the business itself. Right. You overstaff, you, you can die, right? What, that multifamily pulls out and, and you're dead. Like, it's not you, worth it, man. That yeah. property makes $1,000 a month. Oh, boy. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not much, very much. Um, but I'm just saying, I, I, I think you should you. be very careful with staffing. And people are very important. And people are not numbers. It's very hard to train and get. So as a service business, I like to pay it forward a little bit, but not like you should not have, I think you should have five people or maybe four. Right. I agree, man. And that, and part of that is the same thing what Steve was referring to and that you hit on is saying no and be, having a clear vision. But it's like, these people have come to me like, Hey, I see what you're doing. I want to work here. And I'm like, well, you're, you have this skill set. I see that you have a very unique skill set and I trust you and I like you. Come on. You know, I think that, I think the team will be better for it. And it probably will be, but you know, do you have exact specific expectations set against their roles? Most of them. Yeah. Working on getting better, but yeah, I mean, we have an actual property manager an accountant, a marketing guy, a maintenance guy, myself, my wife, we have a, a BDM. And then we also have an agent that I, that he's a BDM too. So overpaying on the two BDMs because I'm bringing in the leads and then the marketing guy, I'm paying him a salary, but I, I like what he does. I like, I like the podcast and we do you know, Facebook live and he, he's very creative and he loves being on camera. I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky with him. He's a guy that I've known uh, since fourth grade and his whole thing in life was he wanted to be an actor. And so now he's kind of being able to do that. And Put so that's, a KPI that's, against his performance. You, you can't. So again, this is a business and I have, right. I, I hire friends. My wife works with me. I, I have nothing like that's There's nothing better than working with your friend. Yeah. But look, my wife and it, you know, they know this very well. I am not going to play favorites. In fact, you got to work harder to, to earn my, you got to be the, set the example for others, right. not like take any shortcuts, anything like that. So the KPIs and all the expectations are, very, very, very specific. And, and so, so make sure you have the marketing is not that easy, but it's also, it's not that difficult to set KPIs. You want outcome, bro. Your company needs outcome. It needs lead flow. If that lead flow, if you, the guy who's shouldering all the lead flow, all that marketing is just game. Like you, it's just game. You're playing games, but if it's actually bringing the, the bacon, right. Bringing the leads, then you want to ma- optimize and maximize and figure out how to how to do it. I'm not saying he's doing a bad job. He's probably doing an awesome job, but I'm just be, just be. Yeah. Yeah. Careful. No, dude, I, I 100% hear you. Uh, I think one of the big takeaways from a lot of this is that it's not enough to just lead by example, uh, that you have to have systems and, and KPIs and, uh, expectations and communications. That's what 
I think my biggest flaw is like, I've just been like, Hey, I'm going to go do this. And, and hopefully you're on board and follow it. I, I, I recognize I like myself that. in what you're saying. Absolutely. 100%. And that's a phase and that's a fun phase. You, you growing up, you, you, you got to break yourself a little bit and remodel yourself, but you will love who you're going to be, man. You know, Alex, I, I think also is what happens is, you know, entrepreneurs don't fail because we don't work hard, right? If we had 25 hours in a day, we will work 25 hours. We fail because we don't plan and we don't have structure and we don't have vision. And so, you know, like, like I would ask Matt, like when, when you, Matt, like your opportunity, when you came in, when you stepped in two weeks ago, your opportunity with the team would be to sit down and say, look guys, this is the vision. We're going to Disneyland. This is how, this is, this is, we're going to go to Disneyland. This is the end result of the company. This is what we're going to do because your job is to lead and inspire them. Now, after you tell them you're going to Disneyland, that's the goal, right? That's the vision of the company. Then from there, you say, okay, guys, the way that we're going to go to Disneyland is we are going to take, you know, the 10 freeway to the 405, to the 91, to the five freeway. And that's how we're going to get to Disneyland. And that is what's called the strategy. And that is how you, the leader and the visionary, inspire people. You know, like they say, when people tell me I have shitty employees, you get the people you deserve. The reason you're getting shitty employees is because you don't have a vision and you're not inspiring them. Now, you're doing a great job of inspiring them. The challenge that you're going to have, Matt, is once that cheering and that inspiration wears off, they're going to be going, okay, well, we were all excited, but now what? And, and you're going to be tired of running around getting leads doing this because what you're going to see, Matt, is when you become the oper- when you become the leader of the company, you don't have time to go to these events, right? All of a sudden, you're going to be like, wait a second. I'm not making money. I'm paying this guy a salary. Why aren't you going to these events? I got, I got P&Ls. I got margins. I got, a, I got a network. I got to go to you know, PM Growth Summit. I got to go to all these events to learn to be a better leader. I can't be an operator. That's why you are there. And they're going to go, yeah, but you've been inspiring us, but there's no back end to it. It's like a paper tiger. And so I think that's going to be something you want to be very careful of that you can over-inspire. I think that's why Pete and I do so well is I'm great at inspiring, but I don't have that back end structure. Pete walks in and says, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. And, and he's good at it because he's like, look, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to make this thing work and make us all successful. And that's, you know, you and Lexi have that ability to have that, but it's, you got to be careful not to burn yourself out. I think that's a very good point to kind of close this out, Matt. It was, it was a pleasure meeting you and I love your mission. And I think people without mission, um, no matter how carefully they plan, they will never, ever outpace people on a mission like yourself. So I, I, I admire that. I appreciate that. I wish you a lot of success. Let's connect through email and keep up. I want to see you uh, win, win big. And Thanks, man. Steve, it means a lot. Steve, thank and you very I, much for your time, bro, your wisdom. Today, you're shining. Even despite the audio problems, I think uh, I've learned a lot from what you said today. So that was great. Yeah, for me, thank both you. of you guys. Both of you guys, I really, really appreciate the advice. And I think there's a lot of wisdom. Uh, I've been taking notes the whole time. So I'm, I'm excited. And uh, I, I 100% agree. You guys are right. Just learning and growing and trying to get better. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening and watching. Until next time, be well. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.